What's Sporty Spice up to? Who? Sporty fucking Spice, what's she up to? I don't know. Exactly. How about Posh? You know what she's doing? I don't understand. Making clothes for anorexics, right? Not exactly a growth market. And Baby, you know what she's doing? Fuck all. Not even page six of the Daily Mail. And Scary Spice, up to her eyeballs in lawsuits and sex tapes. Ginger, on the other hand, has released three albums. Passion, Schizophonic, and Scream If You Want To Go Faster. They'll all make your ears bleed. You see, when they're apart, they're absolute fucking rubbish. But you put them together, they're the goddamn fucking Spice Girls. How do you know so much about the Spice Girls? Look, the point is that we're all shine by ourselves. We need each other. We need each other. We're fucking dead in the water. Now, you guys can beat the living fucking shit out of each other. I really don't care. It ain't gonna change the past. another episode i am darren as always uh, we have a special guest and first my co-host vanessa hi how are you me i'm good uh, i hope you were doing well uh yes yes trying to stay cool like everyone else <laughs> yeah this yeah. summer still on the quest for a quiet quiet fan i had to turn my fan off and uh but a little bit down the border near Mexico way, our special guest, Lance, of the Horror Returns Dynasty. Or, uh, Dynasty. That's a strong, Dynasty. strong word. <laughs> Conglomerate. Uh, no. Stable. Oh, I Network. don't know. Fuck ups. How about that? There we that? go. Just the a fuck bunch ups, of fuck-ups. The fuck-ups at the blank returns. Flagship is the horror returns. Welcome back, Lance. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you guys inviting me. And it was so much fun re-watching these three episodes. I, in my opinion, this three-episode story arc is probably my favorite so far of, uh, of both series, easily. Yeah, I, I definitely I enjoyed them. We'll, we'll get to that a little bit more into that uh, soon. We are here talking about The Boys TV show, episodes four, five, and six, and a little bit of the comic. Of season one. Of season one. Of season one. one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are continuing. Uh, when, where, uh, 
when you last left us, <laughs> like Vanessa, <laughs> Vanessa continuing on with the series was the car was going off the cliff and we had to find out if the interest in the show jumped out in time or plummeted into the ocean. I thought that it was going to go into the ocean and I would have to uh, find someone else to talk Uh about this with me because, Vanessa, as you said before, you generally are not a fan of comic book type things. So we're taking a chance having you in there. But, But you did say that you liked it more than you thought you would. True. You did say that. At that point, and, you had only seen the first three episodes. You did not watch any further at that point? Correct. Correct. Okay. And then tell us what happened. Then I started thinking about it. And I continued to watch the series and watched all the episodes of seasons one and two. <laughs> and lo and behold, here we are. You suggested last episode that this is what you wanted to do and I surprised you by saying oh I had already seen these episodes what a shocker yeah because we didn't really talk about it afterwards no we didn't we didn't yeah but I had not read any of the comic beforehand and then you found out that you could try it out for free I did Yes. Uh, Unfortunately, I did not get to read all of volume one um, because work a little crazier than usual this past month or two. And so I've been constantly in catch up mode. And so um, but I was able to get to at least some of it. Enough for some comparison. Yes, exactly. And kind of about to where most of the action is equal in episodes like one through six of season one. Okay. Did they, I forget at that point. No, they haven't done the airplane thing in the comic book. As far no, as they gotten. have not. Okay. They have not done that yet, but I do know it's later in the comic. It, okay. I couldn't remember. I've been past it, but I've read... I'm in the third omnibus, I think, now. Yeah. So, I I went back through and refreshed my memory, uh, but as you said, that you hadn't gotten too far. Um, I did not over-prepare. And uh, is there anything else you want to say real quick before we ask Lance, who was not with us, his sort of experience coming into the boys or discovering the boys or getting into the boys or they all kind of sound like double entendres, but you know what I mean? (laughs) It really does. The TV show and comic book. (laughs) If standards and practices is listening or something like that. Uh, Um, Explicit label, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Of course. It'd be too hard to edit for an everybody rating. Have you ever heard my fucking mouth? <laughs> I, think, I think we're safe. Yeah. I always put the explicit label on there. 
that just happens naturally around here. Fucking A. Anyway, sorry. So Lance, how Lance. how uh, familiar are you with all of the series on TV and the books? Well, I mean, the series I'm all caught up. That That's what I was introduced to first. And then I went back and read some of the om- omnibus. I think I read like one through five or one through six. Um, but there was so much like we were talking about earlier with the the Tech Knight character, and it didn't necessarily focus. The books that I read anyway didn't did not necessarily just focus on the seven. Did, did you find that to be the? Do you guys find that to be the case, or have you guys mostly read the books focusing on these characters? From what I've read so far, there there I think they they reference these other groups occasionally in the show. Like mm-hmm. uh, Starlight says she was in Young Americans and she talks about drummer boy. Yes, right. And, uh, you know, later on, you know, at the end of season two, there's uh, uh, go ahead. I heard somebody breathe like they had something to say. Well, and they also have the teen kicks, whatever. So Mesmo they have that like. Stuff. Yeah, they have and that um, pop claw was in. Um, Capes and for Christ. Train had been in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, ha- they, <laughs> I know they talk about all these different groups in both the show mm-hmm. and the comic, but I haven't gotten into where they super explore much of. Well, they started exploring more of the teen kicks in the comic, at least where I at the point I am. As far as at least exposing some of the shenanigans that they're up to. <laughs> some of the stuff that's like the superhero club that Butcher takes Huey to in the first yeah. episode. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a couple more instances of that, to say the least. Um... One thing about the comic books that um, I noticed, that, and, and I think I've heard this, is that they obviously based... Uh, the original primary, uh, what they call him, Wee Huey, oh, in, yeah. the, in the books, based him on Simon Pegg, right? Yes. Yeah. And that's pretty obvious, right? And Simon Pegg shows up as the father in the first couple of episodes, which was pretty interesting. But there is one line, I don't remember which episode, but uh, someone, uh, I think Billy Butcher referred to him as Wee Huey, and he said, I'm like six foot two. <laughs> so I think it was kind of an end joke there. I, yeah, I kind of like that. And I, I, I like that they sort of play, play around with that. Uh, I think I might have said mm-hmm. it on the last episode, but uh, Jack Quaid, who plays Huey, is really into the comics. No kidding. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's really into that the would comics. make sense. And uh, Karen, who plays. Oh, are you going to. Are you going to. Are you going to. Yeah, Are there you we gonna go. Brian, her name? Who plays the female? She does a voice on the new She-Ra yeah. cartoon. And I she was in no Suicide I... Squad. I had no idea there was a new She-Ra cartoon. Oh, and yeah. Suicide Squad, huh? Yeah. Oh right, was she the person with the samurai sword that captured the souls of everybody it killed? <clears throat> um, I think so. I've only seen it once. But Amanda and Danny watch. She they've already watched it. I think twice. Mm-hmm. 
And it's, it's yeah. pretty cool to actually hear her voice because she mostly, well, it just grunts if she makes any sound. Right. In this show. And we are introduced to her here in episode four, the female of the species. Um, are we going to talk about these like they're three separate episodes or are we going to talk about them like a three hour story? Um, that, that's up I, to you guys. I think it'll flow naturally. Yeah. Sure, there'll be some overlap. <laughs> you know, that's fine. Oh, no doubt. Tangents are us. But it starts out, you know, yeah. with a flashback of happy butcher and his happy life with his happy wife talking about the Spice Girls. She's trying to get him to go. And he's like, fuck, I don't want to go. And, but it's happy, clean-shaven Billy Butcher before all that extra hate <laughs> and rage, <laughs> you know, poured into his body, which it's weird starting on episode four of here, but also Vanessa's experience was starting with the comic book. I guess we can get to that, you know, things about the beginning of the comic book later on in the add-ons because interested in your takes on the differences all throughout. Uh, so, th- so this episode, female of the species, <clears throat> it's sort of with speaking of differences between the comic book and show, Butcher and director Rayner's relationship is a little different. Like the relationship that they had in the comic book terribly ended by the point that they that we ever see them in the show. Ah, a lot more damage done. That's, I mean, it's, I mean, they hate, they, they, she kind of hates him in both, right? Both forms, but obviously they are no longer having sex in her office. (laughs) Those days are done. (laughs) Well, the, this is one thing I will say about the comic. It has, as if the TV show doesn't have enough of it, the level of misogyny and toxic masculinity (laughs) in the comic is so much higher, not to mention the homophobia. And it's just the level of disgust. It's not here... Like, on the show, you see a relationship between the two that, whatever, just didn't end well, but whatever, it's in the past, and you still, in a way, have a love-hate relationship for each other. Mm-hmm. But you don't despise every fiber of each other's being. And anyone who reminds you of it, like, it's like, it's just like amped up on such an entire other level in the comic. So it's not just that the sexual relationship is still going on. It's just this level of misogyny and hatred is so much there, like so much more. Turned up to 11, eh? There's, there's a lot more yeah. Garth Ennis in his comic book than the adaptation of his stuff. I'd say I, I kind of think it was similar <clears throat> in uh, Preacher, wasn't it? 
I didn't get. I didn't finish the comic. Uh, I, I had a lot of friends that loved the comic book that said, this show sucks. They're not showing any of the nastiness that's in the comic book. So and I definitely I get, got that impression. And I get that you have to have some nastiness. And sure, part of it is you need to see some of the nastiness of these characters at times. Mm-hmm. But we also need to find something redeeming in a, I mean, to make us want to root for a character. <laughs> At least our quote-unquote protagonist, right? It, right, it, right. And you can still have an anti-hero, but, you know, whatever. There needs to be something that makes us not hate them. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot, a lot of this episode is they're trying to figure out the whole compound V thing. And that sort of leads them to the female. Right. Right. And in the comic book, I don't think they've got to her origin story uh, where where you've read so far, Vanessa. No, they haven't. Okay. But in in the comic, they all start out knowing each other and working together. And it kind of seems like Frenchie and she are way further along in knowing each other than obviously yes. just meeting just meeting yes. for the first time in yeah. the in the show but it seems like they could be working towards that sort of relationship later mm-hmm. on but right know, in the in the comic it's like yeah they're the they're the muscle they're just waiting right? for for butcher to say yeah fuck them up and <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, Frenchie's a little bit more of a romantic, like mercenary club kid in in the show. Yeah, you know, although he does have the goggles always in the in the comic. This one's, of course, the biggest moment in this. Well, there's two, because this one also has deep <clears throat> in the dolphin, right, and the airplane. Oh God, <laughs> was that in this one? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yes. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. This entire episode, the deep and his whole existential crisis, where he's yes. going to therapy, and the therapist is talking to him, and he starts looking at the clock, like, "Is it time to go?" <laughs> I was laughing at that, and then it ends where later on, you know, because he's trying to free the dolphin and that her that whole kerfuffle. That's, that's kind of, that's kind of like the old your hour is up. Yes, <laughs> like, exactly. In, I don't know if you guys have checked out the new American horror stories, the the new anthology show. No, yeah. There's a there's a scene there's it. a scene scene like that in there. Mm-hmm. Uh your hour is up and they look at their watch. <laughs> I've seen that in many a many a movie and many a TV show. But, I mean, we also do, at the same time, we start to see Queen Maeve start to become disillusioned, too. And, like... Just a little, huh? Just a little. <laughs> but, um... And she's, you, but she's you still see playing. the cracks. You see that you're starting to see some cracks. And these, right? Yeah. But she's still playing the game. Of course. Because she's so deep into it, right? Yes. And a lot of people do a lot of things in both 
the comic and the show because mm-hmm. they're afraid of Homelander. Like of what uh, of what Homelander sense. would or could do. Oh, absolutely. Stillwell is not really afraid of Homelander or doesn't act like it at the very mm-hmm. least, but everybody else around him I think in in this strep, stretch of shows doesn't Maeve talk about that with her ex about how you're a lot safer if <laughs> if we're apart. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Makes perfect sense. And uh uh the CIA what did I call her Rainer? Yeah, Rainer. Yeah. You know, when she's doing negotiations she could say yes to everything except for, yeah, you can go after Homelander. Homelander. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people. And, you know, l- later on in the series, we've got, I can't remember his fucking name, but the the awesome villain man that's in, of good villain and everything he's in. Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. And The Mandalorian. And in this. But anyway... Trying to keep on topic, which is hard for me. Sorry. So yeah, we got oh, deep, deep. Nobody sex- keeps on topic on podcasts. Come on. I'm, At least we don't. <laughs> uh, do we ever? Uh, oh, you guys, you guys do a re- remarkable job of keeping on topic compared to eighty uh, percent of the podcasts I listen to. <laughs> <laughs> That's only because I, I scribble bizarre notes. That always helps. Bizarre and notes I, are, are a good thing, right? And it makes sense. Um but one thing I uh we were talking about the um way that they start piecing this all together, mm-hmm. tracking the female. I love that they do that, like, the way that it's, like, okay. And and Frenchie picks up the blue nail polish, like, as a clue. And then he has the clue of the train ticket for, you know, Penn Station. And, and then, of course, they go into the nail salon. And, you know... Frenchie finds the spot of where that nail polish was. But mm-hmm. meanwhile, Mother's Milk is speaking to the salon workers. <laughs> yes. And not in English. <laughs> really? Like, yeah. Because I think he was also Special Forces. At he least was, he, he, he was in the comic. I don't know if they really discuss it, but he mm-hmm. does say he was a field medic. Yeah, so, he was yes, like, that's right. in the military or something. Yeah. Um but yeah, and I I think that I mean I looked on IMDB and it says it was tag along was the language, which is used in um Philippines. Oh, uh, okay. but it, I you know, I noticed that he wasn't speaking English to them um when I heard it. I was kind of like Nice, very nice touch. Like, unlike how when then all of a sudden A Train shows up trying to cover his ass, you know. There's a gang hit. It's a gang hit, blah, blah, blah. You know, that kind of thing. 
A gang hit. <laughs> Gangland killing. That's always the excuse, right? Yep. Especially or... when you want the cops to not look too hard into the case. Yeah. Wrong but... place, wrong time. You know, those, those uh, you know, s- human trafficking can be a uh, dangerous business. Uh, so it's kind of good to see it happen to the trafficker. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito <laughs> is the name of the person I was trying to think of. Uh, oh, Okay. Giancarlo? That's, yeah. Uh, yes. Also from what? Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, right? Yep. And uh, The Mandalorian. All right. Yes. Boardwalk he, Empire, he's in everything, maybe? basically. Was he in Boardwalk Empire? I Maybe. It's not about HBO today. It is about V. And Compound V. And... Compound V, not V, that sci-fi TV series from the 80s. That's entirely correct, different. Correct, and not V for <laughs> Vendetta. Or the remake. Uh, quite, plays a quite different part in the story than it does in the comic book. Which I think you've, yeah. you've, you've noticed that so far, Vanessa. Yeah. I, uh, we talked about V, or uh, the Deep and the Dolphin. And his uh, <laughs> his sexual oh relationships goodness. with the dolphin, or his yes. openness to yes, yeah. And, and correct correct me if I'm wrong, but in the comic books, um, she uh, the new character. What's her name? I keep wanting to say Starfire because Starlight. That's, Starlight. Starlight. Wasn't she sexually assaulted by basically the entire team in the comics, not just the yeah. Dude? Yeah. Except the deep so, was not there in the comic book. Yeah. <laughs> How ironic, the, right? In the comic, it was Homelander, A Train, and right. what was it? Black Black Noir. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, yes, and it's uh, much more obvious in the comic. Yes. I think yeah. I've talked uh-huh. to one or two people that don't, which I I think. Well, I don't know how deep we went. But she was, I mean, she was sexually assaulted. Yeah, and then a, a couple of the guys at the meetings were, were making, like in the Hall of Justice meetings, they were, so to speak, they were making comments, and Homelander looked at him like, shut the fuck up. Don't mention it. Don't say anything about it. Don't make jokes about it. It never happened. But yeah. he certainly participated in it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Um... Another shitty thing that the superheroes do, that should be, that's the, <laughs> kind of, that that world, is here's another shitty thing that happens when untrained people get fantastic powers. Some shitty things happen. <laughs> and we get to that in the, the airplane, was it Flight 23 <laughs> or something? Oh, God. 37. 37 and they get into the the physics of well i can't just stop it there's nothing to brace myself with and well and part of the problem is that he like used his fire x-ray vision whatever and like burned through the control panel so he's the one who well fuck up the situation even more. Um, 
you know, and Maeve even, like, she tries to fly the plane, you know, but then she realizes that it's beyond hope. Yeah, she's like, uh, is there anyone that can fly the plane, you think? And and I think he said, uh, would it matter at this point? (laughs) He pointed to the control panel that his laser vision burned from one end to the other. Okay, you have not got to this part in the comic, so I won't really talk about that part. And Lance, you you have not got to that part in the comic either? Um, I, I'm not sure if I have or not. I've read, like, the first five or six books, but one thing I've noticed that um, many of the, the books I read dealt on some other characters. Okay, this one, there will be a character called The Legend that tells Huey about some stuff that happened in the past. Okay, and it's one I don't of the, think I've gotten there. It's one of the stories that that person tells Huey about. Oh, the airplane. Yeah, the airplane incident. Uh, but, I mean, this one uh, with the whole capes in the military bill that they've been working on since earlier right. in the season. And then mm-hmm. the plane crash and use that to, like, the Patriot Act to just... Weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Homelander is a sneaky fuck. I think the first (laughs) first time I went back through this, I started wondering in the show if he didn't prefer it to happen the way that it happened. He's a fucking sociopath. No doubt. Yeah, it, and if you guys there's ever there's not ever, a question about it. This is what he would prefer. Have because you, have then ever, he can make up like still tug at heartstrings in a certain way, still get the praise, you know. And I'm sure you've noticed every time he's in public and he's getting all that adoration, he's got that big uh smile on his face and then the minute he leaves the group that he's with you can just see his the smile just disappear and mm-hmm. just this distressed look on his face <laughs> like he's just totally mm-hmm. out there and nuts yeah and fucking hates everybody and he yeah he is an extreme example of uh nature versus nurture kind of makes sense yeah which we get to later in the season, but I think we start getting some flashbacks in episode six, if we don't in episode five. I can't remember. Yeah, where he's the baby. Yeah, thinking about him and his him as a baby, and then the, we'll, I mean, well, we'll get to it more in episode six with the whole reality of reality TV that they're mm-hmm. doing in there. Um. But we are finishing or finished with episode four now, kind of. Yeah. Must we think um, of something? Yeah, there there is just one thing that I that I wanted to mention that it, to me I caught it or, or I thought that it was done on purpose. I'm not sure if it was, but I felt that with this one and and also the other two uh, episodes that the the titles are just genius. The way they title each episode. Because mm-hmm. I do understand that is her name in the comic book, right? The female. They just yeah. call her the female or the female of the species. But if you think about this episode, 
and all the things that happen in this episode, obviously they run into her. She's the, you know, the character with the name. But you've got Queen Maeve wanting to do the right thing, right? And then you've got this sociopathic asshole that's like, oh, fuck them. We can't take the, you know, we can't save the plane. Let's just let it go down. And maybe he's thinking ahead to how he can use that. Or maybe he's not, but he doesn't give a fuck about anyone on there. He won't even let her take a child off the airplane. So Queen Maeve is trying to do the right thing, and he's being an asshole. Then you've got the storyline with Popclaw where she's trying to do the right thing. Yes. She's trying, she's trying to expose what's going on, and then you've got her sociopathic boyfriend that, that, that we'll get to that more in the next uh, episode or two. Um, but if you look at it, all the females are trying to do the right thing in this episode, mm-hmm. and the males are all fucking assholes. And I don't think that was by accident. I really don't. And I think it ties to the, the title, and I think it ties to the... The, the basic uh, setup of, of this episode specifically. And Frenchie is only, you see, first see in this episode, mm-hmm. really shows a crack in that exterior, like that rough kind of exterior, as he's making this bond with the female. And, like, it's, you see that... I mean, sure, you've seen Mother's Milk kind of talk to his wife, you know, a certain way. But you haven't really seen enough of a moment with yeah. them. Yeah, I only rewatched these three episodes. I, I had seen the, the other ones before, but now that you mention it, this, this was kind of a turning point for Frenchie, wasn't it? Yeah, I I watched the I rewatched the first three as well, oh. and and yeah, it it was definitely you saw like whatever and and you also saw, frankly, Butcher with a feminine influence in his life, how he had been different. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying women solve everything. <laughs> Yeah, but in this episode, I mean, it is called saying, the female of the species. <laughs> and I'm not saying a man can't be something without a woman, but for these type particular men, they seem to do better. <laughs> <laughs> Except for our Homelander, because he's a fucking sociopath. <laughs> oh, yeah, he hates everyone. And everything. Oh. So he's he's a good um, okay, mocking so of Superman. Absolutely. Oh. Well, I've never been, truthfully, I've never been a big Superman fan. This may get me a lot of hate, but. Super- as- Superman wouldn't have a problem with that airplane. No, Superman could have stopped that, but mm-hmm. he also wouldn't have. Anyway, sorry, Vanessa. We're talking about <laughs> women, and then we're just talking over you. It's okay. I was just saying that, I don't know. I I think you have more interesting characters, superhero characters, but that's me and my comic thing. But that's 
I not talking about the boys. Um, so to finish talking some about episode four, but into episode five, my big comment, a train is such an complete dick. <laughs> like, <laughs> his entire way he treats pop claw and I know part of it is wrapped up in this addiction that he has. Oh, I uh, thought that way, but that makes sense. But it's really, oh my goodness, it's just so terrible the way he treats her. So manipulative. It, you just feel so bad for her. I mean, she's got her own addiction issues too, but. Yeah. In that aspect, she got her shit together way more than he did, but his career went on and she mm-hmm. became like the superhero Steven Seagal or John Claude Van Damme, you know, just making yeah. action movies and doing <laughs> her thing. Yeah. Living, you know, living in an apartment. And so I don't, I think in. I, I don't know. They never really talk about where they live. I, I think they all live in Seven Tower. I mean, they might have other crash pads in other places, but okay, uh, they definitely live on the flying helicarrier um, in the comic book. Right. It's some areas are referred to. I was trying to figure that out more this time. The geography. Some of it clearly takes place in New York City. Yes. Like parts of Manhattan. Yeah, definitely. But some of it clearly takes place across the river in like Jersey City, Newark, um, that kind of area. I mean, and when I say, I mean, there you see, I think part like from in Brooklyn at one point. Queens, I mean, but it's it's filmed in Vancouver, right? <laughs> Somewhere it is Isn't filmed in everything, Canada. Yeah. Everything's filmed in Canada. filmed in Canada now, right? Pretty much. It is definitely filmed um, in Canada, but yeah, it, it's more explicit in the comic because there's the rubble of the Brooklyn Bridge and their office is mm-hmm. in the Flatiron Building. Flat, yes, and stuff which like they that. make reference to that here as one of their demands (laughs) in the flat Um, iron building no less aim high (laughs) that rent that rent would have to be uh pretty sizable or like (laughs) huey not knowing much uh you know enough about new york to not get a shitty apartment hotel in the south bronx yeah and so I don't know. I can't remember if you got that far. Well, I don't know how far you got. And I keep keep asking no, I, this, but there's a part in the no, comic. No, I where... do. I do know that. I do know that. And I was laughing. Um, I was trying to figure out where he got a place. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking it was probably going to be <laughs> Bronx or Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, some people say that's the seedier Part of or I've always heard New Jersey is it has a lot of seedy parts to it. Is it oh, the same with with those boroughs, or have they been gentrified? Or 
what's uh, what's the situation out there? I have I've been to Manhattan. I haven't really left the island before in traveling. There are pockets here and there. I mean, there are certain areas that definitely are more gentrified, but there are other areas that aren't. Um, you know, there are not many areas like that left in Manhattan at this mm-hmm. point, but. You know, you definitely have more in Brooklyn and Queens and Bronx. Staten Island is a little bit still more spread out. Um, But then, like, cross the river and public transportation take you over to Jersey City and, like, Newark, that right around there, Mm -hmm. Hoboken. It doesn't take you that long. Where the real people are. (laughs) Right? I've had a weird thing. Every time I've been to New Jersey, I got sick. Really? Yeah, I don't know what it is. I've only ever gone on tour. But the three times we went to New Jersey, I got sick almost as soon as we got there and really started feeling better not long after we left. Like Um, nauseous? Yes. (laughs) And I, you know, well, it wasn't a really good. That is an interest. That's an interesting thing that happened there. Yeah, it's weird, and it it wasn't a very good experiment because, you know, we always we tended to pack you know different foods on tour, and a lot of the time we were just you know getting groceries in the van because it was a lot cheaper. Whenever we were in New York, we just lived off pizza. Because you could find a slice for a buck or two. You just Anywhere. Live off pizza and stuff, at least on tour. Of course, um, like Vanessa, last last time when we were staying in Brooklyn, you know, we had that little shitty kitchen and that basement apartment thing that Amanda and I rented and stuff. But... Um, you obviously live there and know a lot more about the city. Uh, but I've been going to New York since late 90s, early thousands. And, you know, like when we played at CBGB, I did not go anywhere else because I was just, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I maybe left the block once. And it's like, <laughs> here, 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 here. And then different people took it's us around to different clubs. And, not the same. Yeah. It's so sad. It's so sad that all that's gone. <laughs> I can imagine. When I, I feel it from here, all the way from here. But I still got a piece of the floor in my drumstick bag. I didn't break it, but I picked it up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not to st- not to stay off topic, guys, because I know we want to get back get back to the boys, but. Uh... You guys know how much of a musicals fan I have. Have you guys seen In the Heights? Yes. That is all about gentrification. The entire um, plot line of the movie is about people being driven out of their neighborhood. And it's it's a real thing. And the Heights is actually on Manhattan, but on the north end. Is that correct? Yes, the northwest. And that's uh, it's called Washington Heights. Is it so? It, Washington it's still, Heights, and then into Inwood. Is anything the same, or is it totally totally changed now? 
I mean, it's very much changed, but I mean, like in Inwood was the very tip top of the island, and it was a lot of Irish immigrants there, and you can still find some of them left, but the Dominican population that was largely down in Washington Heights has been pushed or has there have been more Dominican people as well. You know, it's kind of, kind of been a combination, but -hmm. those who were moved out of Washington Heights and then just more Dominican immigrants have settled in the Inwood area and then still in Washington Heights. But the, um, you know, the, the rents are, you know, it's, it's just not great, you know, and yeah. All right, to go way off topic. <laughs> Thanks for lightening me. <laughs> yeah. Well, we stayed in New York, which is where I don't know where they go for the Believe Expo, but it's not in New York City. <laughs> that I, I expect is it's got to be. I don't know. Maybe it's at Wood. Maybe it's at Woodstock. No. Outside Albany. No. No, I'm guessing maybe that's someplace in Jersey. Oh. Okay. Like, once you get farther south in Jersey or something. <laughs> <laughs> you, you never know. Um, some of those areas that... Right. It could be. This is one of my top episodes because it makes fun of that whole thing. Yes. <laughs> I love this episode. This I've given it away now, Darian. I told you one of my favorite episodes so far of the entire series was in this this arc and this is it, man. <laughs> I mean there hypocrisy. is so much in this episode about that. Oh, I guess we should say, you know, speaking of A Train being a dick, he's got Popclaw hiding out in Cuba. And oh God! Annie, um, Annie's been announced that she is going to be at the Believe Expo with Ezekiel, the stretchy, self-hating gay man, who's like. The, well, she she does she does confess, and that is good for the soul. And Frenchie does make a delicious meal for the female, and they say food is good for the soul. Again, yeah. I love these titles. And uh, Huey sort of co- he comes more clean with Annie, which is good for the soul. Exactly. And, uh, realizing that there's so much hypocrisy and bullshit in a lot of religious <laughs> fervor and uh, persecution of people. Um, <laughs> I mean. Uh, I, I love his blackmail threat of Ezekiel. Oh my god. Uh, played by <laughs> Alex Jazz. That moment, I, I'm giving it away. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, thought, he thought on his feet, for sure, right? He totally did. He totally did. But <laughs> he kept it together. Because he's, yeah, he's he's good at it, uh, like Mother's Milk says, but I, I forget what he says. 
You're like the rain man of fucking people over. That's, yeah. that. That's yeah. not a compliment, yeah. he said. <laughs> yes, exactly. But, Beautiful. I mean, it's got that. I, I don't know if they ever say the name of the soup who's got the angel's wing. So, of course, she has to be one of the Christian superheroes because uh, that's just the way it works. And she's, she's an angel, right? Like and, the in the X-Men, angel. Right? Yeah, she, she's has probably the an angel or archangel because there's definitely an archangel in the X-Men. But, you know, right? she's singing the... I mean, if I was going to make up a fake Christian song, it that could sound be like it. that. Because oh, it's just, absolutely. you know... Yeah. Uh, so fucking cheesy lyrics... Rhyming words that don't really rhyme together. Mm-hmm. All it's all about love songs to Jesus or love songs to faith. Um, fifteen and fifteen thousand dollars to get backstage. Yeah, to get <laughs> waterboarded by Homelander. That look on his face when he's holding 000. him underwater. Oh man, I was a little worried about Wee Huey there. And you think know, about right? how strong he is. Oh, yeah. Being there's, held there's under. I, I, that's my worst fear of that kind of crazy. At least the Catholics don't do that. Like, <laughs> right, they get it just, out of the way when you're right. a baby. Don't remember. <laughs> Not just. But they right. still don't do it to that degree. No, they just pour some water. I yeah. Think. Yeah, these, uh, these. These quote-unquote non-denominational churches, we have several of them here in the Houston area, um, one of which my daughter goes to, and I'm not incredibly happy about it. <laughs> the fact that uh, i, I got to keep it quiet. <laughs> the tithing, and then you read about the preachers, and they're these non-denominational people with all the rock stars and, and um, R&B singers and choirs and this great, all the fireworks and lasers and everything. And yeah. uh, then you look them up, and they're like net worth sixteen million, net worth two billion. Yeah, it's yeah. good for the soul. I think uh, Joel Olstein is worth forty million. Oh, that's then... all. Well, that's just personal wealth. I'm sure the church. That's what's, report- that's what's reported. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And right. there's so many, so many ways around all that stuff. I, the church probably owns more property than he does. Totally tax-free. Oh. Hypocrisy just brings me down so much of this bullshit. I know this is it. We're not on the the political podcast, so... All I can say is that mixing God slash religion and politics together is never a good idea. It always fucks things up worse than they already are. That's just a generic statement that you can apply to so many situations throughout the history and currently. And <laughs> and I'm not offending anybody with that. No, it's Although true. I've already joked many times that, you know, I, there are people that I hope are hate listening to us. <laughs> it's still people downloading the show. <laughs> oh, hate, hate listening, huh? I don't think so. <laughs> I think we're just, 
Well, we're over here. We're not, but over on the other show, we're we're in an echo chamber. Am I right, Darian? Oh, right. A leftist echo chamber. That's that is true. Fucked up my my rating, but they haven't come over here yet, so that's good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we've got Annie who. Like she says in her speech, her first time on stage was at Believe Expo, but now she's older and wiser and she's noticing things that her mom's like, yeah, that's always been there. But, you know, she's walking around and there's the one man, one woman equals marriage shit. Um, The abstinence only talk in the tent with the kids. And... (laughs) Just... Well, she's realizing that it's this. She's being pushed into this heteronormative, puritanical, xenophobic um, image, and she she's like, "Wait a minute, those don't." And then she just has a crisis of faith because it's like being put the way she's being pushed into that image is contrary to what she feels her faith is. And it's kind of an interesting thing. And, you know, and you just see her break and from this branding of the seven. I kind of, maybe it's because I listened to you guys last week, but I got shades of uh, I, Tanya with the relationship with her and her mother. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> She was playing it up for all it was worth, right? My friends are going to be watching. Uh Uh-huh. I wrote down Starlight Stage Mom is gross. (laughs) 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 Yes, those stage mothers like that are are disgusting. (laughs) They always are. I guess Starlight's lucky she made it this far before she was assaulted by a group of men being in that kind Mm. of environment and i forgot about it kind of until the the rewatch and that you know just thinking about her mom planning and doing all of that and not telling annie about it you know because some of the you know homelander knows how he exists there are some that don't know and we see later on that's very Operation Paperclip over there in the secret Vought hospitals that we get to in season two. But, uh, yeah, her mom thinks that she's doing the right thing still, though. Which a lot of people that well, do bad things think they are. Well, but, but again, uh, like she said, she said, I didn't go through all this blood, sweat, and tears to make you who you are and sacrifice so much to see you throw this away, right? The Britney Spears deal, right? It's, yeah, it's the, um, it's a stage parent kind of mm-hmm. thing. Because you see in her, it, to me, it comes across very much. And I don't know if it's because we just watched I, Tanya, but it comes across as very, I did this for me, not for you. But for me, really. You're my project. You're my project. <laughs> um, I, and I went to school with 
because, you know, I was in theater and, and dance and all of this kind of thing. And I was in it because I wanted to be in it. My parents never pushed me. They were, they were pleased and happy that I found something I enjoyed. And so they, they were supportive. That's different. But I saw people who were pushed into all these different things, like pushed into pageants and all that kind of stuff. And it was because their parents, their moms especially, they wanted their little girls or, you know, or their, you know, their child to go into whatever entertainment industry kind of job. Yeah, I bet a lot of people that make it out of the Believe Expo end up as anchors on Fox News. <laughs> Tucker they Carlson? Believe. Oh, what would Tucker Carlson's superpower be? Like when he scrunches up like that, a baby dies somewhere? <laughs> or... or just that blank stare <laughs> into nothing, into the void? Got that? He's got that blank stare that just goes into the void. No, it, it that's, would. That's it what my would, wife said when we were watching the election coverage. She was talking about Tucker Carlson, and she said, "What is he looking at? <laughs> why, why, why is he just staring straight ahead at nothing?" He's having trouble reading the cue cards when they don't use monosyllabic words. I think that's it. The only word, the only word I know that is more than one syllable is immigrant. Uh-huh. <clears throat> oh boy, yeah. Well, we know that one well. Yeah, that was pretty much the only time I've I've caught too much Fox News recently because we were that we took that whole week off that the election occurred. We had a feeling it was going to take a couple extra days, and we uh, got an Airbnb out in Austin, out kind of out in the country near Austin, and watched all the coverage, and. Darren, we were talking about it. We'd stay up till like three in the morning, flipping from channel to channel to channel, from Fox News to CNN to ABC to whatever else. And I got like way too much Tucker Carlson <laughs> that week. <laughs> more than I ever want to get again. More often than not anymore, I watch election coverage on PBS because it's mostly just the information. Makes sense. Uh, but. Well, okay. Back to back to the boys. <laughs> I mean, I did start it with my crack, not the, crack not about the, the boys Believe club. Expo. Yeah. Hey, not the boys club. The boys. Yeah. Just the boys. We've got yeah. So Starlight has her her Me Too moment, or the oh, people, yes. or the people that see her have theirs because you know they're they're doing the. I guess they get more into the news coverage and the social media coverage about her calling out the shitty culture that she's in in the next episode. But, you know, she, yeah, she gets honest with about her faith with the people there when she's got the microphone, uh, probably the only truth spoken on that stage all day long. Right. And uh, what we've got, Maeve reaching out to her ex uh, sometime around this time in the episode. Mm-hmm. Because and... she's having a mental breakdown. <laughs> Uh-oh. I have somebody having a breakdown over here. I hope y'all don't hear that. 
over the mic. I have literally six grandkids over here, so. Oh, there Uh-oh. it is. <laughs> uh, it's good for, screaming like that is good for the soul right there we go yep gotta have your primal scream uh we've got the babies the baby superheroes in the in the NICU at the midtown hospital oh yeah yeah uh, that is one of my favorite scenes when he's i i, I do i do appreciate that <laughs> he's just holding the baby uh, that cute little thing about Keep your nose clean or I'll come back and stomp you. Um, yeah. Yeah. But Butcher's like a lovable asshole in the show, and he's just kind of an asshole that you don't hate necessarily um, in the comic right. book. Uh, he, although, loves the word, he loves the word cunt, that's for sure. But also, it's Carl Urban, and he I think he's just generally charming in everything he, every character he plays. So I don't know if that's a on purpose choice to have the character be more liked or if they decided to go a different way with the character. Cause I mean, this is 2019 and uh, when did the comic start? 2000, 2006. There we go. Ran from 2006 to 2012. We will use that for later information. I think we are. Well, Oh fuck. I mean, this episode ends with, uh, the female versus black noir. Well, so we have to say Frenchie gets burned. Oh, so yeah. That's right. That's a pretty big deal. Now they're... It's only a matter of time before they're all found out. Yeah, it's it's starting because fucking Mesmer. I think exactly. they, it would be a while longer before they got figured out if it wasn't mm-hmm. for Mesmer. What a great character, though. <laughs> it's it, true. It totally made up for the show. I don't think he exists at all in the comic book. Uh-huh. And I think also... Uh, bah, 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 bah. Who else? Uh, Translucent was made up for the show. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> There was there was another the, the the other person from the seven was uh what uh Jupiter Jupiter Jack or Jack from Jupiter was was he kind of like the Martian Martian Manhunter Yes um okay yeah gotcha the Martian because I see there's there's so much Justice League vibe in here but basically you got Superman Wonder Woman the Flash. I thought Black Noir was more like Batman at first, but uh, I guess, like you're saying, uh, Tech Knight is more the Batman character. I think Tech Knight's got to be. I don't really... They, they they flesh out a bit more about Black Noir, mm-hmm. but I still don't really know what comic book character... But I don't read a lot of regular comics. I read shit like this more often when I'm doing it. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean... The more nasty shit. When they, when they do Tech Knight, I mean, he's got gadgets, he's got a butler, he's got a big mansion. Mm-hmm. I think in the show, what the Deep, who gives a fuck about the planet earnestly, it seems. He just in a does kind of. Yeah. 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 He in does a, actually because he's he's even talking about like, oh no, the the Sea World substitute, whatever Land, it is. I think. 
ocean land and he's talking black, about like blackfish, shades of blackfish yeah <laughs> yeah and how i want to you know i want to talk about their plight because i don't think they're really happy there and you know that kind of I got Tech Knight to switch engines because uh, I think he talks about having Tech Knight switch to using an electric or a hybrid engine in his car and how it gets so much better mileage now. And Yeah, but then you notice in episode six, he's driving like this huge gas guzzler of a car. Like a Range Rover or whatever, not a Range Rover, some sort of like Hummer obnoxious vehicle. <laughs> oh, oh, right. When he's been uh, exiled to Sandusky, Sandusky Ohio. <laughs> that's that's my joy that he's in. Oh. We always get to bring that up. But yeah. That, well, we'll myself. we will get there. Um, yeah. So Frenchie got burned and they're everybody's starting to scatter the danger is increasing and black noir shows up and doesn't look good for frenchie and then female shows how badass she is or just a glimpse of how badass she is yeah exactly and that's that's episode five i miss anything you miss anything no but I just, again, the baby is the weapon. <laughs> <laughs> and how it's so tired, it closes its eyes again for a little bit. Yeah. Just shaking it like a flashlight. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the better uh, times Butcher says diabolical. It's one another one of his favorite words, it seems, throughout the series. Uh yeah, so I think we are at the point where we're taking that quick break and then yes. coming back with uh, episode six and the wrap up. Sure. Yeah. All right. All right. Sounds like a plan. Let's go take some V. This is Michael Caine, award-winning film actor you may know from such cinematic achievements as A Muppet's Christmas Carol and Jaws for The Revenge, where I played a character named after a fucking sandwich. I approve of the following promotional message. Do you like movies? Well, of course you do, you silly twit. You're listening to a movie podcast right now. Do you like podcasts about movies? I mean, if you're listening to this, your life is empty and without direction. So so of course you do. Why not continue the spiral downwards with They must be destroyed on sight! Yet another semi-regular podcast about film that will occupy some of that empty space in your soul. We cover every genre, but focus on a lot of obscure and cult films with a leaning towards exploitation. If you want a podcast that's going to talk about a silent film from the 1920s one week and a sleazy biker film from the the 1960s the next and then back to something like singing in the rain the next episode they must be destroyed on sight maybe for you so tune in and join regular hosts lee russell daniel hopper paul romani and lee hardy as well as the odd guest host at tmbdos.podbean.com thank you drive through Signaling our return. We are back. 
since you're hearing my voice, you know that already. But it is on to episode six of season one of The Boys, The Innocents, with a T, not a C, Uh, since I didn't enunciate that very well. I wanted to get that out there. We left off with the Belief Expo. That's all gone. This one starts with sort of like Starship Troopers does with like a film within a film. Some corny reality TV show commercial. I think the producer said, yeah, if we were on between John and Kate plus eight and my, my short, short life or something like that, right? I can't remember, but yeah, that's about right. I don't Some watch TLC reality shows. Yeah, I don't watch a lot of reality TV, but that was kind of spot on for me with the uh, the satire of it. Yes, true wives of the New Jersey mafioso, right? <laughs> <laughs> and like such a corporate thing, they've got that placeholder that just said reserved for starlight uh relating to people yes yes and this episode i kind of feel like dealt a lot with the relationships between uh corporate news and corporate america and how real reality tv is and the sometimes well, coordination we see we we see actually get fired like that's part that's near the beginning of the episode yeah pretty much what uh annie walks in past homelander in her secret identity and he's just stay as far as we know he's just staring at the wall right now and then yeah ashley comes out and says something about a sorority well she could overhear Uh. screaming Elizabeth, she was like, oh, it was a mutual decision. We wish her well. Like, so even keel. Mm-hmm. Like, there had not been screaming just a moment ago in that office. Not breaking a sweat at all. It's complete business. Uh, she brings that. That is, like, the core, I feel, of the Stillwell character. She does that well. I, I, I will give Elizabeth Shue that. Unflinching relatively reserved you know saves emotions for not near the office uh she doesn't even really i mean she's (laughs) what did she tell homelander you've got boundary issues oh no we need to have boundaries (laughs) (laughs) we need to have i mean she knows she knows how to play to his you know Mommy issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she does. And she, you know, it's all a matter of business to her. Did you notice? Everything she does is calculate. Everything she does is calculated. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I really like this character uh at least i like the performance i don't like Stillwell, but i like the performance yeah no agreed mm-hmm. agreed and when you think of the different people in the corporation and just how 
I, I think in a way where we're a corporation, we're not afraid of a superhero that can burn people with lasers in their eyes because we're Vought. You know, there's just like some weird cocky power and commentary on the power of a corp- corporation in this world. And I don't know if anybody noticed when I one of the things I was talking about was the coordination between Vought and the Vought News Network and things. Oh God! Right. <laughs> yeah, everything is so calculated. They were putting quotes from Branding. the Deep's uh, apology on the little Chiron before he said it. Yeah, there. I didn't notice that. There, especially the part where it was about. I believed our our encounter uh, at the time. I believed our encounter was consensual. Consensual. It, yeah, that pops yes, up. Of course, I've that, heard that before. That popped up before he said it, and right. Uh, there's. <laughs> and I don't think yeah. in this episode, but another episode when it's uh, Homelander and Starlight. It's something mm-hmm. similar to that. And this, anyway, um, that's kind of where this episode gets started is the they're dealing with the, the sexual assault within the corporation like they do. They send the person away. They don't fire them. They just get them away to get rid of some of the blowback. And I like that Annie realizes more of her power in this situation. I know, me too. But again, like I said on the other side, I love he's sent to Sandusky, Ohio. It's <laughs> <laughs> <This> punishment. <laughs> yeah. Where can you find a party around here, huh? Hey, no, it's not quite Canadian, but... I don't even know if SeaWorld is still up there. It's been so long uh, since I've been to Sandusky. It there really isn't. No, there is nothing in Sandusky. That's my point. <laughs> Not a damn thing. There, huh? there was one time in high school where we got really stoned. It, it was around Halloween, and we heard there was a cool haunted house up that way. Which, oh, fuck, I can't even remember. It's probably at least an hour and a half from here. But you don't think about that when you make plans in high school. Oh yeah, well, well worth the drive. <laughs> and I, uh, that was two hours and eleven minutes. Uh, we we did go. We did find the haunted house, and we ended up at somebody's house because they had beer. And then we brought somebody back with us, so there wasn't enough room in the car. So we took turns having someone ride in the trunk for a stretch of time. <laughs> and that was still more fun than staying in Sandusky, Ohio. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, Nothing, that's saying I, a lot it, right there. It, not for me. It is, I, I guess I'll say that. It's not for me. It is obviously a punishment to the deep. He goes uh, to that, yes. that shitty hotel and... He starts to get some uh, what goes around comes around. Mm-hmm. I do like when yeah. the, they, those uh, people smash his window and he's just like, keep living your truth. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
He he kept his calm, didn't he? <laughs> and that's the weird thing is that he is a a rapist and he might be the nicest person in the seven besides Annie and Maeve. That's fucked up. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I goog I just Google City of Sandusky, Ohio, and the first thing that pops up is it says the city of Sandusky is kicking off the national click it or ticket seatbelt enforcement mobilization. Oh. So you're right. There must not be much going on there. I mean, there is Lake Erie. It's like a, a lake town. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and there's Cedar Point. Uh, but I have no so idea. That's true. I forgot Cedar Point oh, was up there. I'd, it, yeah, yeah, I'd it, love to go to Cedar Point one day. It's an amusement park town. It's a... It's mm-hmm. a Unless yeah, you're doing a thing, and, yeah, and that's not my deal. Yeah, it's it's. I've been enough, basically. I've I've been there enough. There have been field trips in school. There have been trips on my own time. Amanda hates them. Danzig's in the middle, so you know. Right now, he's cool with going across town to the zoo and doing the rides there. He's too short to do the shit uh, yeah he's too short to be worth two and a half two and a half hours of traffic for him to yeah. get pissed off that he can't ride anything might as yeah. well just go just, across town just, just the kitty ride so yeah uh but there was i feel like there was a sea world in ohio but i don't remember if it was uh up north or down south i was thinking it was like maybe up akron or cleveland Aurora, type area. Aurora, Ohio. It is permanently closed. <laughs> um, it closed in bah, 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 a long time ago. 2000. So 21 years ago it closed. Uh, it was once called SeaWorld Cleveland. It opened in 1970. Closed in 2000. But anyway... This is 2019, and it is mo- in the show, and it is modern time. So there is no Sea World there. They send the deep to where there used to be a Sea World to sit in a hotel and be out of the way. It's somewhat typical punishment for a person in high power. And I love that since we're talking about the underwater marine life, um, I love that. Um, Frenchie and the female bond over Shark Week. Shark Week. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's Shark Week right now as we speak, I think. I know. I have been watching a lot of Shark Week. I got my mom into Shark Week. Oh, yeah. Oh, I heard it's on three channels now. Well, I have kidding. Discovery Plus. So I have the full range of all the Shark Week programs. All the Shark, all the shark Week you can take, huh? Did yeah. has uh, Chris Hemsworth swam with the sharks yet? I heard that was sometime <laughs> this week. He oh wait you don't watch, that's right you don't watch uh, comic book movies. He plays Thor in the Marvel. Yes, universe. I know oh. I know who he is. There is a Shark Week I, sometime I this week. I am aware of him. <laughs> where he goes swimming with sharks. Or he almost uh, does. The all co- right. I yeah. thought didn't they didn't they have an episode where um one of the Olympians 
raced Michael against the Phelps, shark or something. Like that. Michael, Michael Phelps. Um, <laughs> they had Ronda Rousey, Mike Tyson. Oh, Lord. Really? Shaquille wow. O'Neal has done two of them. That well, why not? actually why not? is pretty amazing because how else do they... How, I mean, to see them make a wetsuit for someone that big, much mm-hmm. less a shark cage, <laughs> it, it's just fascinating. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's kind of scary. Um, anyway... Um, but they bond but, over Shark Week. Yeah, like we are doing so. Right yeah, on the board. Yes, and that's still a throwback to last summer talking about Jaws. Hey, I was bringing oh, up yeah, Shark right. Week then. I was bringing up Shark Week then too. Um, but it's like, and then the, I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's just the pathetic apology of the deep is yes we know it's pre-scripted and everything but the way they're like directing him and coaching him to say it more emphasis on that word right exactly and it's you hear that kind of thing and then you then you just are kind of like yeah that's exactly why or sexual assault victims don't report, you know, they're perpetrators. Mm-hmm. Because that person, they're not sorry for it. <laughs> and nothing yeah. really happens to them. Oh, and uh, when they were showing uh, earlier, when they were showing the the different news networks covering the scandal, uh, they brought mm-hmm. up a screenshot of Twitter. And one of the comments was regret doesn't equal rape. Sorry, not sorry, or something like that. That they had Man, you you paid attention, Darren. <laughs> you really uh you really paid attention to everything that was going on. Well, Were you, you know. microdosing at the time or what? <laughs> uh that would have been a good idea, but no, it was um I'm I'm not sure why, but uh this I was sort of thinking about the idea of the relationship with the news and the corporation, so I was just paying extra attention yeah. to those things. Well, I I noticed that in a way to after reading what was it, Bitch Planet? Mm-hmm. That we did for the show. Yes. Going back and in do and redoing um, volume one of that, um, that comic just yeah the way the use of space and the use of incorporating media and saturation of media into kind of this dystopian environment kind of sounds like where we're living right now. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know what the hell is going on tonight. (laughs) Uh, Sounds like the motorcycle race is over. (laughs) Or it's moving into a new part of town and it's like uh, Road Rash. I don't know if you ever played that. That's what it sounds like. Oh, yeah. 
That's another podcast. That's another Legion podcast. <laughs> Controllers up, cards right. down. <laughs> Sorry right. about that. Sorry Jesus. about that, folks. You you live uh. you live in you live in the world, and uh, it it has Shit become happens. part of the ambiance. I know, I know. Road rash. Now all I'm thinking about is that that old fucking video game. <laughs> that was fun though. Back in the day, nothing like good old fashioned 16-bit video games to liven the mood, right? And I could actually play them. <laughs> These new ones, I got an Xbox, and I'm like fucked. I, get, I I finally got like a third of the way through a Nazi zombie game, and I I was like shaking shaking my fist in victory. Uh, I've still got two thirds to go. <laughs> you should you should get that man eater game. I heard about that. That's with the shark, right? Yeah. Like shark week. You are a shark. <laughs> and yeah, you're a shark and you can expand your size and power throughout the game. And there's a DLC coming out for that in uh, about a month. Sounds cool. But anyway, sorry. Um, the so Innocence. One thing, <laughs> one thing that I, I love about this episode is that they have whatever the superhero like whatever convention type thing Billy Zane is playing himself so essentially Billy Zane is a superhero in in the world of the voice Billy Zane is a superhero it explains so much it explains so much (laughs) He he was in one of the pop claw movies wasn't he Yes, okay. he was. I thought so. But I and love that it wasn't like Billy Zane as blah blah. It's like Billy Zane. The way that they worded it, it was no Billy Zane in him of himself was like saying Homelander. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like the same level. Of... Oh, the Seth Seth Rogen was he in this episode or the last episode? Mate, talking about making a movie in the. V-E-U with Black black Noir. Uh, I do remember I do remember seeing that, but it... I think it, this I, episode... I just watched the episodes, but I, I think, think it was episode. this one. And, uh, what, the, they're playing the Fame song. I mean, the soundtrack continues to be uh, fucking awesome of this series. Oh, yeah. So much Billy Joel, huh? What's the reason for that? Is there a reason? Well, Huey, it's like Huey's favorite band. And I think okay. that I think that's true okay. in the comic as well. But you know, that's where we start. Like the last thing he's saying to Robin is, "Don't be smirch, Billy Joel." And then, yes. right later on, I think some of the episodes have Billy Joel song titles, and you know, he's listening to ah, Billy Joel and his okay. Discman or iPod or whatever the fuck he's got, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and stuff. But I think it's just that because Huey likes him and i'm sure uh amazon doesn't have to pay a lot of money for billy joel they probably own the billy joel catalog they probably own it yeah but so so if you get if you guys don't mind can i play the title game one more time here please so is it is it ironic it it, was it just me or is it ironic in that no one is innocent absolutely no one Everybody has their agenda. Even the characters that seem the most 
innocent and wanting to do good for other people or uh, to quote Billy Butcher cunts. That was my takeaway from this episode. What do you got, Vanessa? I suppose to a certain degree, everybody has their own agenda, but don't they usually? Yeah. I or guess is that a I'm, very cynical view of things? <laughs> I'm, well, I, I think this title is very cynical. I mean, that that's the way I interpret it, that, 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 no, that no one in the episode is innocent and a lot of true nature is starting to come out in the manipulative people are starting to really show their true colors and stuff like that but maybe that's just me maybe that's just uh how i see the world (laughs) especially right now (laughs) yeah i'm not sure i i think there's a lot more to the female of the species and good for the soul in the title game Mm -hmm. but yeah i i guess there is the they're just no one well yeah i mean they're they're putting forward especially with uh the person who is producing the show talking about how they don't want to be a corny reality tv show but right they right. are angling it that way anyway <laughs> you know a train talks about how yes. he grew up in a sort of dangerous neighborhood and it's like well no let's not talk about guns Let's talk about something, you know, and then there's mm-hmm. the entire fabricated backstory of Homelander growing up on a farm with a loving family when he grew up in a laser proof room with a blanket. Yeah, which not just triggers his rage when it's on the bed, totally throws off his lie, making him think about that. Speaking of the cold business-like nature of Stillwell, uh, one of my favorite parts of the show, favorite little parts, is just when Homelander throws that rock, and she just kind of, well, that's going to kill somebody when it lands it's in Boston. Gonna... <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a complete throwaway line. They move into the, uh, Mommy's here, Mommy's going to make it better. Yeah. You've got to be a good boy and finish up this totally bullshit lie for our propaganda machine. Uh, <laughs> you know, they like the comic book, like we talked about earlier, talks a lot about the different groups, the justice league, the type things. And this one, since right. possibly because it is a television or whatever, since it's not a reading, it's a watching thing. They seem to be more going after the whole, Marvel T movie universe, DC movie universe, all the connections. Sure. I think the, um, you know, later on when the girls get it done, uh, thing, I think that's in season two, but I think that definitely mimics that scene in Avengers end game where all the women characters are on screen at once. Mm-hmm. And, um, sort of like the forced, corporate allyship yeah we get a little bit more about the female there i feel like a lot of people are dealing with death and grief and maybe that's the innocence the innocence are the people that didn't have anything to do with any of this stuff but they're dead hmm okay right yeah i could see that so you could go a lot of different ways with that but there's the support group of the people that were hurt 
in different ways oh, by their yes the innocence i got you um yeah the, the writer for Vought. soup yeah the soup mm-hmm. survivors of soups i don't even know what it was called and butcher's little speech about you should be out there with the fucking chainsaw where's your rage um, mm-hmm. but yeah that writer guy talking about having his <laughs> the Terminator 2 treatment to his penis and um, the, they talk about Tech Knight again in that part because the woman who is in a wheelchair so yeah. I wish he was more gentle with my spine oh um, that did come up didn't it That I know that name did come up so yeah you'll you'll get if you continue with the comic book which now that we're you know Sort of and in- I think, I think that the name had already come up in the comic. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. They 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 will be, they will be, I, I don't, quite a few pages of story, and then they come back. But, uh, yeah. So Tech Knight's in there a little bit later. I did tell one person that was <laughs> sort of think uh noticed the same stuff a lot of people do about the comic book, with. Uh, some of the, I don't know, uh, they described it as edgelord bullshit. Uh, they said, did they tone any of that down for the show? Because if they don't, I don't know if I have any interest. And I said, I think you'll enjoy the show. Because if, if you like some parts of the comic book, but you think there's a little too much homophobic language or misogyny or anything like that, it is a bit more palatable modernized tv made yeah the basic idea i think of the characters are there but everybody's more likable kind of maybe maybe not so much i I still hate them all (laughs) i feel like the huey most of them are yeah pretty much assholes yeah but you do find some at least moments of likability um, enough yeah. that you can keep watching a story. The the bowling alley scene and stuff like that, right? Uh, yeah, I mean but, there there are these moments where the you know the writing is 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 better. Mm-hmm. They go some interesting places in the comic, but I think I like the show more. By a decent amount. Ah, interesting. I'm I'm shocked. I I think I like the show more too, but I'm I'm kind of surprised to, to hear you say that. Uh, you know, it's it's not that I don't like the comic, but I know mm-hmm. that I like the show more. At cool. least at least at this point, I don't see them going anywhere well, that I'm just gonna freak out. Be like, I can't believe they skipped this part because. With as much as I've read, I think it would have been cool if they, you know, had the regular storyline of Love Sausage, but I love mm-hmm. that there's the cameo. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there was a cameo. <clears throat> yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to season three. Uh, I, I wonder if it's going to be anytime soon, or has it been pushed way back due to COVID? Uh, they at least started shooting it. I, I don't know yeah, if they, they did. finished. They've been doing some more trailers. Of of course, they put trailers out for shit that's not coming out for years. But 
I feel like they made an announcement about them starting back to shooting maybe a couple months ago. I think I think I saw the Candyman trailer three years ago (laughs) at this point. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they already started filming and they're hoping that it would be uh, December of this year or January of next, if everything goes okay to to uh, to plan. Right around the corner. Yep, Jensen Eccles as Soldier Boy, who is kind of like the the Captain America of the boys' world. Interesting. Okay. I it's going to be interesting to see what he does with it, but uh, Jensen Eccles. I think is in what the remake of My Bloody Valentine or something like that, but most people know him as Dean Winchester in Supernatural. Never seen an episode. I'm one. I'm one of the few. I know of. I know of it. <laughs> He's. I don't know that that show. I I hear that there's a point about six or seven seasons in where I kind of lost interest. And it turns out it was around where they were thinking about ending the show. Uh, So I don't know if it took them a while, but I'm told it ends well. Uh, They just did their last season. Uh, It kind of starts out as a monster of the week sort of thing. Two brothers who are in a family that hunts monsters and vampires and other type shit. And then they get more elaborate storylines with monsters and demons and angels and all sorts of wild shit. There's a lot of cool cameos, like I think Barbara Crampton's in an episode. Uh, D. Wallace, oh, wow. D. Wallace is in an episode or two. And uh, yeah, I mean, you might like it, but it is a lot of fucking shows. Uh, there are a lot of shows. 18. 18- 18 seasons or something, huh? Some, something like that. Uh, but if, especially if you don't care about making a commitment, you can watch a lot of the episodes of standalones, especially the beginning of the beginning of the show. Uh, there's a lot of, well, we heard about this weird fucking thing. Uh, the other brother is uh, Jared Padlecki. And that was right before he was in the Friday the 13th remake. But anyway... Jensen Ackles from that show, Soldier Boy in the Boys season three, coming out maybe this year. Um, but I think we've finished talking about that stuff so far. Although, Vanessa, you might have a page or two more to say about your experience reading the comic book, or have you said it all? Um, no, I. I don't know how much more of it I'm going to read, truthfully. Yeah. <laughs> Just be truthful now. If I'm honest, <laughs> it's not that I hate it, but I don't like it enough. There you go. To make it, I feel worth my time. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to skim through the first omnibus and see if there's a section I want to recommend before you totally give up. Not that, well, it, not I, that say, I think that I'm it'll keep you reading it. To see, I'm going to check to see how many more pages I have first. And if it's like a 
short number, then I'll go ahead and finish it out of general principle to say I read another book this year, but... <laughs> you know, might have It'll to only for my reading challenge <laughs> yeah same here especially being uh almost midway through the stand with yeah. no end in sight yeah. and when you when you turn that uh that nook on it says 54 hours and 17 minutes to finish right. the book <laughs> that's a long fucking book <laughs> um so let's see. I know we don't want to make you stick around for the regular wrap up stuff, but I did want to say thank you for your time, Lance. And uh, yeah, thank you. Cool talking with word with you. with our voices about this. You and I have sort of chatted about the boys. I probably was bugging you to watch it back when it came out. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm. I'm glad I did. Uh, second season was interesting. First season so far is my favorite. These three that we talked about tonight are is, is definitely my favorite three. But uh, I'll keep watching. Looking forward to season three for sure. Why don't you plug your wares and then go enjoy the rest of your life while we do the housekeeping? <laughs> not much. Not much to plug, man. We're just the horror returns. We we're supposed to have a website coming out. I bought the domain name like. Or well, you never buy it, right? You rent it or whatever. But I uh, I tagged it like uh, four months ago, and we've spilt, still been too fucking lazy to set up a website. But eventually, we'll have just www.thehorrorreturns.com, and you get everything there. But we got the action returns. Uh, Nez has been fighting fire, uh, all kinds of forest fires up there where he lives in Northern California, not literally. Thank God, but uh, I heard his uh, internet him. line melted or some shit. His 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 uh, internet line literally melted, and uh, they've got that back up, and now his fucking power is out. So uh, we've got some action returns and stream fiends coming up, but it it uh, could be another week or two. But keep uh, <laughs> keep listening, keep keep Nez in your in your prayers if you believe. Um, what is it? What is it? They always say our our hopes and prayers go out to you, or am I getting that wrong? Oh, thoughts and prayers, probably. Our thoughts and prayers. There you go. Man. <laughs> I'll give him my thoughts. But, uh, I, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose that's what they say. Well, thanks. Thanks for the invite, guys. Um, great. Yeah, great series. I'm going to keep watching it for sure. Comic books, eh, I may be with Vanessa. We'll see. If I get really, really desperate toward the end and I need to get in something quick, I'll I'll grab a graphic novel or something. There you go. Or you could get the uh, the graphic audio book of it. I hear that. I, I checked out the huh. first one of that. That was kind of interesting. Yeah. I guess they do them for Man, all kinds of graphic novels, but uh, my my library had the first two omnibuses on graphic audio. They called it. That's like a and... just descriptive. They do the text and then yeah, it's it's like a little radio play type thing. Uh, but anyway, thank you again, man. Uh, Vanessa and I will wrap up the show after uh, you bid adieu. So until. Lance from the Horror Returns returns. Good night. There we go.
<laughs> Take it easy, guys. You okay. Too, Thanks again, Lance. Thank you. Bye-bye. And we will be right back. Moments later. And we're back. Okay. Thank you again, Lance, for joining us. And thank you, dear listeners, for listening. Now for our next episode. Drumroll, please, Darren. You didn't know you'd be put on the spot. A drummer should always be ready. Well, I, I, I froze... I almost just started banging on my table, but my microphone ah. is clipped to it. So that's that's the hesitation you heard. Was oh wait, I'm not supposed to be hitting the table. I'm supposed to be making drum sounds with my face. And God. yeah. That's where that's how we got there. But you were talking about August. <laughs> yes. So for August, we are going to help you close out your summertime, you know, vacation, camp, whatever, just a summer season with a little wet, hot American summer. Yes. (laughs) It's uh, definitely going to be a fun, silly one to go over. Should be fun. I haven't watched it in a while, but I used to watch it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Me too. And we might even do a scene. <laughs> so what are some of your favorite scenes out there, people? Hit us up in the usual ways, VDClinicPod at Gmail or VDClinicPod on you know Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Legion Podcasts Network, chat in the Facebook group, lots of places. Uh, yes. People that will probably respond know how to get a hold of us. But uh, yeah, toss out some of your favorite parts of Wet Hot American Summer. Or pretend it's your favorite part because you want to hear us do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who's going to be the Christopher Maloney part? <laughs> I don't know. I was looking for my dick cream. <laughs> exactly. I'm thinking you about go fondue cheddar. Fondue <laughs> Exactly. Uh, It's going to be that kind of episode. (laughs) It almost definitely will be. That is that episode. This has been this episode. Uh, On behalf of me, I say thank you. And uh, after Vanessa does it, we can thank you. Well, Vanessa can thank us for the show because she's a founding OG member of the VD Clinic. Well, she has 51% of the vote. I don't know about that, but thank you again, everyone, as always. And, um, yeah, thanks, Darren, for another episode of Putting Up With Me. It's always a good time. And and Zora. (laughs) And Zora. Sorry, Zora. I didn't talk to you as much as I usually do during the breaks. Uh, Cue the music. VD is for everybody not just for a few anyone can change